welcome to Ridiculously Imperfect. I'm Emily. And I'm Kelsey. Each week, we share life stories while embracing our imperfections. Life is messy enough. Why not laugh along the way? On this podcast, we embrace life's chaos through authentic conversation. You never know if you'll laugh or cry, and neither do we. Join us in being ridiculously imperfect. Hello, it's time for the Ridiculously Imperfect Ladies. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Episode 56. All right. Yes, I I said that in a questioning manner because it's like 56. Yes, last week was 55. Yes. And it was our first official, like, for real recording of this new year. Yeah, it felt good. It did. It was really nice. And we talked about... Something that is, you brought up a really good point, our topic of last week versus what we're going to talk about today. Right. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> let it go. Okay, I'll save everybody yeah. that. I have yeah. no singing skills whatsoever. We talked about, you know, recognizing what, you know, what is it that we need to let go of? And and we knew that going into the new year, we had a couple look backs where we, at the end of last year, we talked about the look back of the heavy purse episode. And then the next episode was talking with Sarah about how perfectionism can mm-hmm. really weigh you down. And so we had a really, really good talk last week. And the last, even if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I strongly encourage you to listen to it. But uh, maybe you started it and didn't get to finish it. But the last like 10, 15 minutes, there's a lot of good stuff there. And we kind of throw you for a loop because it sounds like we're wrapping up and then we really don't. Right. And then we do. And it's just good. So, <laughs> you know, at the end, some of the greatest thoughts or ideas come to us so that's true or yeah. when we're not recording and then we're like what did we say we were gonna say absolutely and then, yeah and then we don't remember right <laughs> we should probably just like record all of that chit chat you know before and after maybe and then you could almost take pieces of that i don't know oh, that'd be a lot of work true i feel like that would be a lot of editing <laughs> yeah that's true anywho well, well i apologize i'm a little raspy so i'm gonna hopefully not have too many coughs on mic but that's why i sound very like kermit the froggy um, it's okay i feel like i've sounded like that a lot lately too yes there's just after new years we both kind stuff. of came down with that junk yes oh, i'm sick of the crud um so today we are going to talk about conflict and a little bit of conflict resolution and how we can align like conflict and peace and do those align and all of that but it was really funny what you said to me right before we started recording. That my stomach was getting in knots? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> How you were like, it's hilarious that we, one week, we're telling everyone to let stuff go. Oh, and yeah. then the next week, we're talking about arguments conflict, and something conflicts. that's very heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but then as we chatted about it, I'm like, you know what? It actually kind of goes hand in hand because as you're, you know, doing self-work and letting things go and figuring out how best um, to find peace and joy in your life, a big part of that is addressing conflict Mm -hmm. and figuring out ways that you can resolve it or come to some sort of peace. Yes. Because unresolved conflict can really weigh you down. I mean, it really can hurt the heart and spirit. And so they do kind of go hand in hand. As much as maybe, and I also think, like, conflict is just something that isn't really fun. It's not fun to talk about. Yeah. And. Or be in. (laughs) Absolutely. And there just really isn't a lot of conversations about it. Right. And. It's avoided. Just like. Yeah. (laughs) Resolving conflict is avoided. The topic of it is almost 
avoid it all the right. time. Right. I will say the the most powerful conflict conflict resolution outside of actually being in hard situations and working through it because I am a big believer in a lot of scenarios in life. The best learning is being in the situation or Mm -hmm. hands-on or whatever. But I had some really good conflict management courses when I was in leadership and had management at a team at my insurance company. And that was where I was able to really hone in on a lot of tools and things that have helped me. But And I feel like generally speaking, I feel like that is a strength of mine is being able to have a healthy, hard conversation Mm -hmm. and work through conflict. But does that mean I don't get that full gut rot? Not at all. Like, it doesn't mean that at all. Mm -hmm. Because I just know even recently and in the last couple of years when I've had really hard conversations, it's almost like, did you ever get that feeling, or maybe this was just me, when I knew I was about to be broken up with and I just felt like ugh, like sick and like, oh, yeah. I know they're going to have a bad conversation with me. And um, and one of them, that was very much the case. But, um, sorry. <laughs> there is a cat fight going on or something. Oh my gosh. I could hear it. <laughs> and- oh my gosh. Okay, so um, next door, they must have let the little dogs out. And Rooster must have been over there playing. And all I saw was this little white dog, tiny white dog, like jumping straight up in the air and then rooster like pouncing up to the doorstep. <laughs> so this is maybe why it's good to have the curtains shut. Yeah. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Providing a little entertainment. Um, okay. So that feeling of like gut rot when I felt like, oh my gosh, they're about to break up with me or unfriend me or whatever. And that's kind of the same general feeling of going into really hard conversations or in in the moment, if I'm not feeling a lot of rage or hurt, it's like gut rot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's all of those things. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like I have had the lens of pretty much since college. uh, I feel like in high school, I was kind of a doormat or just mean. And so I would kind of let things go, so to speak, but then it's unresolved, like you Mm -hmm. said. And then I, I just didn't do a good job of standing up for myself in my opinion now. So then in college, I was like, I am going to be more assertive. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to make sure that I say my piece. And then that almost became like too far in that I have learned the value of you have to recognize when it's not appropriate to say your piece. Mm. And sometimes you just don't get to yeah, because it could either fall on deaf ears or you just don't even get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so, like, gosh, there's just so much that I've learned personally when it comes to conflict. And it's not even just internal conflict. It's come to, like, friendship groups or a significant other or siblings or parents or work colleagues, you know, fr- other friends, like, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And so, that's where I totally agree that I don't feel like there's a lot of good conversation of what do I do mm-hmm. in this scenario? And you know, speaking as a woman, it I think things are getting better. But, you know, as long as I can remember, if a woman was assertive or stood up for herself, she was labeled as, you know, the B word. Yeah. She just was. Yeah. And it was no it was the same like if a man were to do the same thing, and I don't want to get into a whole sexism talk here, but 
it just that was kind of the point of view right like she wasn't it wasn't like oh she's a strong woman it was like oh she's a assertive jerk or she's mm-hmm. this or that and nobody likes her because of this right and that's and that's kind of where you know i've had to navigate a lot of my feelings around that too because i was like i guess that's what i am but i would rather be that than the shell of myself that i was in high school where i felt like i couldn't even stand up for myself for a lot mm-hmm. of things but now, as you know, I'm raising a daughter, and I know you are too, and I know a lot of our listeners are, that I think there's such value in being able to, you know, tell young girls, like, you are allowed to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to stand up for yourself. It doesn't make you a jerk. It doesn't make you the B word. It doesn't make you a lot of these things. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's kind of where my mind was going with a lot of this is, yeah, agreed. There's not a whole lot of healthy conversation around right. conflict. Yeah. <laughs> Which probably creates conflict sometimes, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As we're sitting here, I was just thinking, you know, how how we come to resolve conflict. Yeah. It, I mean, you're not necessarily taught. I feel like it's almost a learned behavior from what you Mm -hmm. see, which isn't always correct or good or healthy. And then I was thinking the first place really to start, which, you know, I've had to work on in this past year myself, is how do I respond to conflict? Mm. Because I was just an internal, I just shut down. I'm quiet. I don't like conflict at all. It makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You know, I just it was really hard for me to go to those places to have those hard conversations. Um, So I think the first step is kind of doing a self-assessment of, okay, when there's conflict in my life, what is my initial reaction? Am I immediately angry? Am I sad? Do I just shut down and stop? Do I like overcompensate Mm. and do the opposite and you know try to make up for it or I don't know you know the list could go Mm -hmm. on and on but I think until you understand what your reaction is it's kind of hard to go from there um of how to either learn and improve your process maybe of conflict conflict resolution or how you address it um Yeah, I don't know. And I like what you said about growing up, because if I'm assuming we had pretty similar experiences, if you brought a conflict to your mom, what would she what was like one of the first things she would ask? Or like if you and your brother came to her with an argument, what would be like the go to solution? Right. Probably figured out, (laughs) you know, like. You guys figured out. Um, and like, what does that mean? And then yeah. I'm thinking like, apologize. Because I right. and I even find myself as a mom saying, apologize and move on. Okay, well, y- I mean, you and I talked before we started recording about how we can have these really hard conversations and one party thinks it's fully resolved and the mm-hmm. other one's like, I am not okay. Right. So then for me to tell my kids like, apologize and move on. And it's funny because, you know, you think, 
well, it, it's petty, like they're fighting over the blue and green pen or whatever. And but it's a big deal to them. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a. I mean, I just feel like I had that aha moment. But I was thinking more of like, how were we raised? It was figure it out and apologize. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that dumbs it down in a way that that I mean, that wouldn't that world be ideal if you could just number one, figure it out. Number two, apologize. And then mm-hmm. number three would on. just be like, move on. Yeah. And carry no anger, no heavy emotion. No, just you moved on. Mm hmm. Yeah, it would be a lot more simple, (laughs) for sure. And, you know, as we said, like, yeah, the whole apologize thing made me think about, like, with myself and Charlie, our natural instinct is to just always say, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And it didn't really become apparent to me until probably in the past year or two with her. And then I'm like, why is she doing that? Like... And where does that come from? Yeah. Well, it comes from me. That's just in it. You know, she's heard it. She's learned it. She sees it. Um, and so that's become her thing. So we do a lot of work and talk about, wait a minute, what are you saying sorry for? Right. You know, and I think that's important because mm-hmm. it be- can become a learned response, but that doesn't. So even though you're just saying it doesn't mean that it doesn't internally hold some sort of weight because I don't want that response of just that I'm sorry coming out to hold weight within her with herself thinking I did something wrong in that when it's not even a thing does that make sense of course yeah because then she's just naturally it's her instinct to apologize. So then that is just perpetuating her self-doubt and I am Mm -hmm. I am, I'm wrong a lot mm-hmm. and I mess up a lot. And right. then that's just filling her with untruth. Right. And so it's like, where did that come from? Well, it's a learn response, probably from like we said, when we grew up, that was a thing. Figure it out and then apologize. Didn't mean, you know, there was no like it was an apology necessary or who really needed to give the apology type mm-hmm. of thing. It was just a you just say it and go. Just yeah. like now that's become a natural you know, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But if you really stop and think about it, it's like, oh, okay. I mean, there are instances where it doesn't hold any weight. But it, as that becomes a learned response over and over, I just wonder what internally that does. Right. You know, to our own self-worth and thought process. And that's, gosh, that's such a good question, too, because we, okay, so Cookie Day, for instance, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but she was apologizing a lot over just little things like she moved a paper. Yeah. Or she cracked the egg and forgot where it was, what bowl it was in. Like minuscule things that you and I don't, but Danica doesn't care about. Nobody cares Uh about. And so all three of us were, we kept saying, Charlie, quit apologizing, quit apologizing. Then we finally told her for each time you apologize, you have to do something. I don't remember what it was like eat 10 cookies. No, it wasn't that. But then by, you know, a couple hours in, she was just really like, she would do something and she was like, Guys, I didn't apologize. Right. And so, like, and that light in her face. I was going like, to say, it, it felt was, like a freedom. Yeah. And so, you know, if that's you, that this, you're like, oh, gosh, I kind of do that. Or you have a friend that does that. You know, I'm. we're just saying today, like, don't be afraid of having the conversation. Yeah. Because that, to me, is a, we were talking earlier about different types of conflict. Yeah. Well, that is kind of a bit of a self-conflict type mm-hmm. of thing. Within self that you're saying... You know, I've done something wrong. Yeah. 
Um, and so to have that conversation, maybe people don't even know they're doing it. Yeah. But that to me, you know, so it's been for myself, um, seeing that in her has probably helped me even the most because now I'm more aware of, of it for mm-hmm. my child, which I think is a natural thing. And we often do like, it's like looking in the mirror, right? Yeah. You don't realize, <laughs> Ew, that's, that's me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it's been really good. I think for both her and I to do that, yeah. but you know, if you have a friend or if you're listening to this, you're like, Oh my gosh, I do that. It's just a matter of stopping and being like, Hey, what, what is my response to conflict? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And so anyway, definitely. And even, okay. So I loved like you talking about the potential freedom or whatever it was that she felt because you could just kind of like, you could see it and feel it. And then she just was then like pointing out all the times that she wasn't doing it. And we're like, exactly. Because I thought about too, as parents or people that you are closest with. So like me to you, well, I feel like the weight of you telling me things is different, but like, okay, I can tell Danica something 10 ways to Sunday, mm-hmm. but then you tell her something, she's going to hear it different and it's going right. to matter a little different. Absolutely. And so I think that also was a little bit of a helpful moment in that uh, with one of the things I was like, Charlie, what are you sorry for? And she's like, well, I didn't do this your way. I said, is my way the only way or is it the right way? No. Then why are you sorry? It's your way. Yeah. Like, and just kind of, it's sometimes I think it's good to have maybe someone who's not in your closest circle. And I know even my kids, when they hear something from someone mm-hmm. else, especially someone they respect and trust, then that kind of creates these moments of space to be like, oh, yeah, I don't need to be sorry for stuff. And I, I a lot of this is funny because it's just like, I have all these like ding, ding, ding going off in my head. And I'm thinking of, we've shared a lot before how we both had not so great relationships in the past Mm -hmm. with um, men with like actual like dating relationships and women too. (laughs) It's all of it. But I, I mean, I did have, I, I don't want to say all every person I ever dated leading up to Jacob was the worst because that is absolutely not the case. Mm -hmm. But prior to meeting Jacob, I was very, my knee jerk reaction was to apologize for everything. Mm. And I didn't know that I was even doing it, Mm -hmm. but everything really was my fault or it would be so for two years there in a row. And one of the guys was pretty decent guy. The other one was piece of junk, but so he was first and the other somewhat decent guy, but he didn't really have experience in dating. And, you know, you, I feel like you date people and you kind of mold who you are and who Mm -hmm. you are as a romantic partner. And like, you have to have hard stuff and good stuff and everything in between to, mold what kind of significant other you're going to be. And so I just was like, I don't know. And I I will say I carried into that second relationship, this like damage anyway. Mm -hmm. So then it was kind of like, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. That is my fault. Yeah. Like you're right. I'm a piece of crap, like blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so with all of that, I know that I did when I went to college, I was just like, why am I such a like, my self-confidence was so bad. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even just about looking in the mirror and thinking I was pretty. It was like everything. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it had to do with that, not realizing that, and then being able to use that and be like, oh, I actually, I just don't even have conflict. 
I just am kind of a doormat and I let, I take the blame for everything. And you know, what steps can I put in place to change that? Because this is not who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And it doesn't make you feel good, quite honestly. Absolutely. So if you're sitting there hearing this and you're feeling like that person, I strongly encourage you to put steps in place to make those changes. And it's not going to change overnight, Mm -hmm. but just know your value and how worth it you are to stand up for yourself. And does standing up for yourself mean, you know, slashing someone else's tires? No. Mm, Right. (laughs) But does it mean being able to feel empowered enough to say something? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle with conflict is, and I know I think of this too, every time I think of conflict, I kind of think of people yelling and cussing each other out versus yeah. like that's a good point sitting to down too. like we are now and talking about hard stuff absolutely that's a really good point is i think yeah what does that term mean to yes. people i think you're right i think that is the first picture mm-hmm. of conflict is uh either physical fight verbal yes, physical for sure that type of thing um man i've grown a lot because <laughs> that's not what comes to my mind now when i uh, think of that word so I think that's a really good point that we're talking about it on a different level, really. Yes, they are. The after part of that almost, mm-hmm. you know, that that might be the initial type of reaction or thought, but we're talking about like the heart stuff, yeah, honestly, we, you know, or how you like yeah. get through this. But um, so what you just explained in your beginnings with conflict sounds exactly like my story, which is crazy to me, but. So you would say you kind of just shut down, yeah. essentially, because that was my initial thing, too. Yeah. And then not until you're in such a low, bad place um, and you're like, I'm done with this and I'm going to change things. Same for me. Did it change? Mm-hmm. So what do you think then um, became your... Uh, like the next step, yeah. what became your initial reaction when you had, you know, a disagreement or seen things Oof. differently, you know, a different yeah. form of conflict? That's tough because let's say you're in a long-term re- relationship right now and you want to make that change. That's a lot different than the scenario I was in where I was like starting new with someone else. Mm-hmm. But I think it's with any breaking any habit, you have to catch yourself in the moment that you're doing it and do it different. Like you just have to, whether it's, you know, anything you are addicted to, or maybe you're starting a diet and you're just running to the pantry and getting the Oreos. Like you have to stop yourself in that moment and just give yourself that reminder of like, Mm -hmm. is this what I want to do? And that requires so much work and just Mm -hmm. so much hyper awareness of tiny little details of everything you're doing in your day. And I think the hardest part with that, especially if I were to think of it now in my life, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit more, is that I had a clean slate. I was going to a school that not a single soul knew me. Mm-hmm. I started dating Jacob, and he knew nothing really about me other than what I shared. I didn't even have friends from my hometown there. So, uh, you know, it was just like, 
I could truly redefine myself, which is what I aimed to do. And I feel like I did a decent job at doing Mm -hmm. because I was so miserable of the me I was before. Yeah. But then when you find yourself in full adulthood and you're in a committed relationship and you have children and or maybe you don't have children and but you just have a rhythm. You have coworkers who have a certain expectation of you of how to treat you, how to do all this. I think that is a difficult that's really, really hard. And I feel like your growth this year might be able to speak to this a little bit of, you know, did you see a difference in relationships and maybe it doesn't have to be coworkers or whatever, but just um, maybe even with Brandon of sticking up for yourself and I don't want to dive into your no, stuff yeah, that's okay. too much, but I feel like you've, your growth is evident. And so, and you have ticked all those boxes of being in a committed relationship, having kids, working, all these things mm-hmm. where it's a lot different than just picking up your bags and moving to a new state or town or whatever. Right. And then being like, hi, I'm Kelsey and this is who I am. And this is how you can, these mm-hmm. are my boundaries. Yeah. Because those things weren't there previously mm-hmm. or they just look different to certain people. Right. Yeah. I would say, so after in college and then, you know, I had a really bad relationship um, that I was thankful to get out of. And after that, realizing I need a change. I want more from my life. I felt like I had a clean slate too. And I remember feeling so empowered then of this is what I want. And I absolutely Mm. will not settle for anything less. And I am really proud of myself. I stuck to that then. Yes. Um, And then remember having a really good time in life and everything like that. Meeting Brandon. Everything was great. But then you can fall back into old ways. Mm -hmm. And so... Brandon and I are very similar in the fact that neither one of us like conflict. So we, he's a fixer, which a lot of guys are. So they don't necessarily come to you when I talk about it. They're just like, Oh, that didn't go well. I'm going to fix it or do it different or whatever. And then or fix it for you, fix it for you. Right. And I shut down. So then you're not communicating and talking about it. Right. Um, And so then that, is your relationship goes on and in life, you know, plays out and then you have kids, it changes constantly mm-hmm. how this looks. But then what I found over this past, you know, year and doing all the self work is that I really had I lost myself essentially mm-hmm. because I had fallen back into those old ways of just nothing terrible was happening to me, but I wasn't standing up, you know, really for anything. I, I had kind of got depressed. I was really struggling with anxiety through all my, you know, sickness and COVID and mm-hmm. all that. It was just a really tough time. Um, and so when I was like, I just, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. this is not good. Um, realized I wasn't standing up for myself in anything, you know, of, of saying yeah. like, and what I mean by that, I guess, is having my own thoughts um, or not actually not even that I didn't have my own thoughts, but in sharing them, like Kelsey, just say what it is you want to say, you know? Right. Because then you, you probably are almost telling yourself, well, my, my opinion's worth nothing anyway. So right. like, and maybe you weren't doing that, but I know I've done that before of like, why bother? Mm-hmm. Like kind of like a Winnie the Pooh, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, was an aha moment for me of, how much I could had kind of fallen back into a, I wasn't a doormat by any means. No, but a, not at all. A like almost you were complicit. S- Actually, I think what I was dealing with was 
internal self-conflict, really, Mm -hmm. that then at times became conflict with my husband, um, maybe in friendships, just in, I don't know. Yeah, it was just a... It, something had to change. Yeah. And so in going through counseling and stuff, that helped tremendously in just being like, well, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. And finding my voice again. And yeah. then it's just like, you kind of get mad at yourself. You're like, what happened? Like, yeah. why did I absolutely let that happen? You know what? If you're in that place, it's okay. Yes, it I, is make it there are probably going to be times in my life going forward that I am going to fall back into that place yeah you know hopefully I've learned some tools now that it won't be an extended period of time type of Mm -hmm. thing right but it's okay life has ups and downs but it's about learning how to confront that yeah what you're in in that moment how to confront it who to go to and how to work through it yeah and just to just not stay in it whatever that is. If it's a conflict that needs to be resolved, if it's a, um, yeah, bad situation, yeah. if it's, uh, it can Something just you, be a number you of You need to improve or change or absolutely let go of. But, yes. And I also want to point out to, I, and I feel like Brandon's a little behind on listening, so he won't hear this for <laughs> maybe a year. A, yeah. I was just going to say a year, <laughs> but you by no means were ever a doormat with him and Mm-mm. he did not take advantage of you. But what I will no. say is when we are not in a good season or we are dealing with other things internally, it almost allows our significant other to take liberties there. I believe probably in the spirit of overcompensation or of just like trying to be done with it to where then to us, like you and me, it feels like we're falling back into old patterns mm-hmm. and bad habits and i i mean jacob and i had a very real conversation about this not lo- like within the last calendar year so it's still so weird that we're in 23 but where i told him i said this is making me feel like that version of emily and mm-hmm. he that like that was really hurtful to him and i was like this you are not setting out to hurt me mm-hmm. just so you know and so I've never thought of either of our husbands as like the mean type or one to take advantage or anything like that. But I do fully believe and feel because I've recently lived it when I'm hurting so bad, I can become that version of myself. And then the one that's telling myself, well, well, you are worthless. You are that piece Mm -hmm. of junk and you're lucky he loves you. Yeah. So why not just... Don't say anything it about be. it and go on. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's such an unhealthy space to be in, kind of yeah. like you said. And so that's where I, I don't think, I mean, a lot of really shaking things <laughs> happened in 2022 and which led to a lot of really good conversation with my husband mm-hmm. and with you. And, and yeah. I'm so thankful for every single piece of that good conversation and conflict. Mm-hmm. But I also think sometimes it kind of took that, like you need the ground to shake underneath you mm-hmm. to be like, wait, is, is this okay? Is Am I going to be complacent in this or am I going to do something about this? And, mm-hmm. and if you're okay with where you're at, that's totally fine too. I don't want anyone to ever feel like you have to constantly be evolving and changing, even though I know like that, matters probably more to me and you but that doesn't mean it has to matter to everybody right yeah but yeah i think sometimes whenever those earth shattering things happen it's 
it's an opportunity. So that's kind of hard. Look yeah. at it as an opportunity to be like, oh, is this what's going on? What what have I contributed to X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. And then I think with all of that too, when we talk about conflict, I almost always pull it into constructive criticism mm. minus the constructive. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when people tell you, hey, I have constructive criticism for you, who receives that well? Right, yeah. No one. No. Because who wants to be criticized, yeah. right? Like we want to be like, hey, can have you thought about doing it this way? Mm-hmm. So just like using the same thought process, but wording it differently mm-hmm. has so much power. But I just think of like, when I think of conflict, I think of yelling, screaming, cussing, sometimes maybe throwing things or physically mm-hmm. fighting. Um, and not when I think of it, when I used to think of conflict. But even my kids, one day... And this was over the last three weeks of like winter break, so to speak, here. And Jacob and I were talking about something. And it wasn't even this time. (laughs) We really don't fight a whole lot. But we were having a heated discussion. And it wasn't even about us. It was about something. Mm -hmm. And one of the kiddos was kind of shutting down and said, I don't like it when you guys fight. And we we were that was just a huge like, oh, my gosh, you think this is a fight? Mm-hmm. then what can we do differently to help you know that, number one, you're always going to have a safe house, but you are going to live in a house where we have healthy conflict. Yeah, And so then that's where I'm like, what can I do to reframe with my kids? Conflict isn't cussing at each other, throwing stuff, hurting each other physically right. or with our words. Like, yeah. it's, it's actually a necessary tool to become a healthy functioning adult. Absolutely, yes. And so what, I love that. What, what can we do to help that? <laughs> like, should there be a college course? high school course, middle school course, like <laughs> every step of the way. I mean, really, there really should be. Um, because we've had that too with our kids. But like, I think that's that's the thing. That's what kids need to see these days is adults having healthy conversations around right. a table, around an island of snacks or wherever the space may be. But seeing adults having conversations, yeah, and not texting on your phone mm-hmm. or whatever that it's become, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it just really there is such a weight and importance of that, and then talking with your kids about that, yeah, so that they don't see it that way, and right. so that they can um, learn, you know, how to have a conversation mm-hmm. with a friend or. In we, I've had this conversation with you know Charlie. Aiden really hasn't experienced anything yet to to do this, but that it is okay to go to a friend and say, "Hey, when you did that, that really hurt my right. feelings." Yeah, because I think sometimes we're like, you know what, you as a parent, you want to protect them, but you maybe downplay it a little bit because yeah. you feel like there really isn't anything that you can do. But that right there is a perfect opportunity <laughs> to empower your child and be like, you know what that really was not kind. And unfortunately, there isn't anything we can do to, you know, make other people act a certain way or to always be kind to you. You know, Mm -hmm. every person is different. This is what I always tell my kids. Everybody Everybody is different. Everybody makes their own choices. And it's not always a good choice. And sometimes those choices are gonna hurt us, unfortunately. But what you can do if you want to, if it will help you feel better, you can go to that person and say, that really hurt my feelings or that made me feel this way and then be okay with that because the other big part of learning conflict is that 
you may not get the response that you want. Oh, yeah. You may not get the response you feel you deserve. You may not get a response at all. Yep. You know? And so having these conversations now when your kids are young and letting them see you have conversations with your spouse or with your girlfriends, with other adults, um, families that you do life with is so important. And maybe even in some of those conversations to involve your kids um, so that they can be a part of the discussion so that they learn this as they go up. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like as we've been talking about this, I'm like, you know what? I, the way you um, handle conflict and even it's just with anything else in life, it changes at every stage. Yeah. Because you have like, when we're young, you're kind of, you don't really know what to do, right? It's all new. You're trying mm-hmm. to figure out everything anyway. You're trying to understand what words even mean or yeah. what thing, you know, you don't even know. You're trying to put all that together. Um, then high school is just a whole nother yep. ball game. Same with college. Every stage of life is different. Mm-hmm. Then you become married. Well, then that's, you have a whole nother person yeah. involved in their own thoughts and ideas. And then you have children. Well, now you have even more stake in the game because not only do you have yourself, yep. but them and conflict, not with them, but that they may be experiencing their life. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. So I think it's just so important to start when they're young. Yeah. But first, in order to probably health be in a healthy space to do that with them, you have to take some time to think and look into yourself of, how do I handle conflict? And first of all, like, what is my initial response to it? Yeah. And then do a little bit of, you know, just think through it and a little bit of self-work or talk with a friend or someone yeah. about it um, so that you can kind of come up with, you know, a game plan or just to start, you know, implementing more thought of it, yes. I guess, in your day-to-day. Because I think it is healthy to have a trusted person to just talk through it because, Maybe you're being a little irrational about it. Mm-hmm. Or perspective. Or, or, yeah, or maybe you're underplaying everything that happened. Because yeah. I know that that's happened before, too, where you can be like, oh, this happened, but it wasn't really a big deal. And then the more you think about it or the more, like, you share with a trusted individual, they're like, that's actually really not okay. Mm-hmm. So what can you do about it? Yeah. And you mentioning the whole outcome thing of, um, I, I made a note of when you were talking about it, but just... The whole, you might not get a response at all, mm-hmm. the response you feel you deserve, all these things. That goes both ways to the person who created the conflict and the person who is on the receiving end of the conflict. Right. And trust me, I've been on both mm-hmm. and I've dealt with the whole not getting the response you want. And I have like killed myself. One specifically was over a year that I was just holding on to so much anger mm-hmm. because I was like, I looked you in the face and I said what I wanted you to say to me and you still didn't say it. And that hurt me. Like, how dare you? I deserve blah, blah, blah. And I truly, 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 the only thing I could do was let it go. I could continue to be angry Mm -hmm. or I could let it go because there, there wasn't going to, there wasn't no option three here. Right. Of there being a resolve on both ends where we are fully at the same page. Mm -hmm. And that was such a hard life lesson But I feel like I could have learned this so much sooner if I would have known that not all conflict ends in resolution Mm -hmm. for both sides. It really just doesn't. Absolutely. And it can almost sometimes it can create more conflict or Mm -hmm. new issues or it can be I know earlier you mentioned 
having a lot of stuff repressed. Like you could be angry about stuff you don't even know about, Mm -hmm. or you might be fighting about the dishes, but then it turns into something that happened 15 years ago. Yeah. And that's where, you know, again, we are big proponents of self-work, but I'm just thinking about the, the kiddos and yeah, just everything that you mentioned there of raising them in a way that they don't demonize conflict yeah or feel like oh gosh if we're having a, co- a hard conversation i'm bad or i've done yes. something wrong or right. any of that mm-hmm. so yeah and and i did love you talking about the stages too because i'm thinking like what's the first thing we do when we're babies and we don't like stuff like we'll hit or bite or mm-hmm. scratch because that's the only way we can communicate to stop like right. you i don't like this mm-hmm. And then kind of a fight or flight type yeah. of thing, really. And yeah. then it really does like in, into toddlerhood, it becomes like, you know, pulling hair and spitting and mm-hmm. and still the, like so much of it is a physical because that's the that's the first recognizable way for you to communicate is like, get away from me, like mm-hmm. strong arm somebody like, no, I don't like that. And then we pivot it to, okay, use your words. I know I've said that a lot as a mom and I even say that today, like use your words, <laughs> not your actions or physicality there. But I also think that, when I, my three kids handle conflict so differently. Mm-hmm. One totally shuts down. Like you, you mentioned that you had. Yep. Them. I have one of those. One um, kind of immediately overthinks, takes blame and starts crying and getting really emotional about it. And then one gets really defensive and aggressive. Uh-huh. And I know that that's a knee jerk reaction for a lot of us back to the constructive criticism thing is to be like, well, I didn't do that. Or mm-hmm. I, it, you heard it wrong, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's a way to apologize to people. Never tell someone they heard something wrong. It's not nice, <laughs> <laughs> but ah, that's just something too, that I've, I was thinking about that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's so crazy how just as we parent differently and we're all different in general, the view of conflict is different and most likely it's going to be looked at as bad. Mm-hmm. And I I can say without a doubt, I wouldn't have the closeness I have with my siblings that I do today if it weren't for a good amount of healthy conflict. Because yeah. then it would have just been a lot of heaviness and putting up with things and, um, you know, shoving it under the rug and all of that stuff. I was looking up with the actual definition of conflict is Ooh, maybe we should have started there <laughs> says a serious disagreement or argument a prolonged armed struggle would that be armed? like physical fighting type i guess it's a fancy way to say it um a condition in which a person experiences a clash of opposing wishes or needs mm. An incompatibility between two or more opinions, principles, or interests. I like that. An incompatibility. Mm-hmm. Incompatibility. I can't even say it. <laughs> Will you repeat that one? <laughs> yes. An incompatibility between two or more opinions, principles, or interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of goes in. We were talking before about the different types. Like you and I had just come up with. We talked about there's like self-conflict um friendship or relationship conflict um marital family which can go between your own little family unit to extended family um what other ones did we mention did we say we we said one about 
no, we didn't. Yeah. So work would be one, one where you have a difference in opinion, which mm-hmm. is what one of those definitions are, definitions are. And then another one was where one party has been wronged yeah. and hurt by the other. Um, and I know there's several out there, but those are some that we had just come up with quickly and had, you know, experience with ourselves, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I like talking about this. I do The too. more you talk about it too, it like the pit in my stomach has kind of gone now. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> um, it, it does make it feel different because it does change your view mm-hmm. of from making it a negative to, you know, this is just, it's okay. This is something we can talk about. Yeah. And I want us to come out of this stronger. Right. But that's not always the case. Sometimes you have to know going into it that this is going to be more of like an ending conversation. Mm -hmm. But also you have to be very careful there because the whole, I'm a very righteous person. So I'm like, I want to say my piece. So when it comes to that stuff, I have to be hyper aware and careful that I don't defer to that of Mm -hmm. like, but I have to just say my piece on this. And, you know, being able to speak, stand your ground and say certain things is totally appropriate. But sometimes we can get really caught up on, I was wronged. So in order to feel justified, I have to be able to just say this piece. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've ever, I used to be really bad about this. And I, I feel like I've done a lot of growing in this, but I used to like leave a hard conversation and then later come up with a retort of, I should have said this. Because mm. that would stick it to them. And, ugh, yeah. Because then I would feel like, justice has been served. And that was just more of, like, the conflict out of just being hateful. Mm. And just being like, well, you made me feel really little. So, gosh, I really wish I would have been able to say this. And, mm-hmm. ugh, back to you. And that is something, again, I don't feel like I've dealt with that in a long, long time. But I that was always my first, like, oh, I should have said this. Well, as you're saying that, so it made me have this thought that, I mean, the premise of conflict kind of comes down to, it's not, not, it's not selfish in a way, but it is a, like, between two, basically, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's basically about in that somebody is feeling wrong or hurt, essentially, right. yeah, is what it comes down to. So the immediate reaction is a little bit selfish. No, that's not the way to say it. But it like uh, on oneself of, hey, like that was totally, and it pro- it very well could be wrong. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? There's, yeah. It could be interpreted two different ways. Oh, this is really difficult to put into words. But I, um, I feel like I'm understanding where you're coming from of like the whole basis of conflict is, does resolving is the desire to resolve but what does resolving do it makes us feel better mm-hmm. so then is that is that kind of what you're saying is well, that an and element I think like of, the immediate thing of conflict is it's a personal like the two parties are each person is feeling something yes i guess is what i'm coming up yeah. with right they're feeling their own things yeah so and each is probably each wants to be heard yes and each probably needs something different to mm-hmm. fill the resolution. Yeah. That's probably, that's what I'm coming, I guess. Yeah. So, th- like I said, it was difficult to put into words. <laughs> but, um, which also was a thought I had come up that for me, 
in conflict and having those conversations, it is very difficult for me to put the words together that I want to say in the moment. Mm. You have very good experience with that and being very um, able to to verbalize and, and very well put the words in the moment together. I struggle with well, that. Thank you. Like in my head, I know exactly what I'm wanting to say, but yeah. just like me trying to explain that, <laughs> I feel like that's how it comes out. Like yeah. it's just going to be this jumbled mess that isn't really going to make sense. And so sometimes I get hung up on that to even oh. say anything. And so if you're one like, you know, somebody that you just know that of yourself can really hold you back from having those conversations. I know it can for me. It's mm. hard for me to do that. So sometimes writing it down for me yes. is easier. Yeah. And then you can still take that and have that conversation and just say, you know, I have taken some time because this is just easier for me to express my my feelings and my thoughts um, in the best manner that I know how. And then just read it and share that. There isn't mm-hmm. anything wrong with that. Um, because the last thing you want to do really is having the opportunity to have a conversation and possibly resolve something or find peace in it. Yeah. You know, whether it's something where it resolves it to move on and go back to a normal or it resolves it in a peaceful place where you move on, but it's a different new normal. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're still, the goal is some sort of resolution, right? Yeah. The last thing you want to do is go into that and not be able to share what you need to. So I feel like the huge pieces of conflict resolution are one, listening for sure. Two, being able to share your thoughts and your feelings in a loving manner. Because I feel like there is also a right and a wrong way to deliver. Oh, for sure. So that's been a huge thing that I've learned as well. Um, so listening, you said listening, make, sharing, make sure that you share what you need to and deliver or in, then your way of delivery mm-hmm. is huge, but just making sure that you know whether you feel confident and I'm going to be able to say and share what I need to and with words, or do you need to write it down? Like whatever that looks yeah. like to just be prepared in that. Yeah. And earlier you mentioned what is my reaction. So I think that might be the first, like, you're like think about your reaction and then listen and then be able to share mm-hmm. and the sharing and delivery I think go hand in hand but that's a really good point of maybe writing down and being able to identify like am I hurt <laughs> am I hurt because this is true or am I hurt because that was messed up like there's so many mm-hmm. elements there and I think something that has been maybe eye-opening to me has been being able to hear listening goes both ways, whether you were the person creating the conflict or on the receiving end of it. Yes. You both need to be able to come to a place and listen to each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that growing up again, it was more like, oh, if I wronged you, you know, um, I'm going to say, you know, the whole apologize, fix it, apologize, move on. But it was less about if I was wronged, hearing them out because I was like, no, 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 you wronged me. That's mm-hmm. not okay. And so I think maturity has also played a part of that as well to where I can at least be in a safe space to listen, 
does that mean I'm in agreement? No. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, gosh, all of this is. Well, and there's, I mean, different ways that conflict comes about. There could be a incident that occurs. So it's like obvious, Mm -hmm. you know, something has occurred. There's an obvious conflict there. But then there could be a conflict where a conversation has happened and somebody has been, you've been offended or, you know, very hurt by actions or words of another that's also a type of conflict. So in that situation, you know, I guess that's kind of something you have to think about. What do I want to do with that? Is that something that for me, I need to have a conversation with that person about, hey, I really would like to talk to you about something. This made me feel this way. Yeah. You know, or is it because in that instance, the other party is totally not aware yeah. So that is true. I mean, there's <laughs> just so many aspects to it, but I just think it's a great thing to talk about because you just there's so many I don't elements and and pieces to it that are just so important and vital to being able to let go and move yes. on from things so that you're not holding on baggage and mm-hmm. um this you know way of life of you know, whatever we've mentioned, like being a doormat and just yeah. not seeing up for yourself at all or just going along with things, um, you know, holding your voice inside and not sharing that. Like they're just finding some courage <laughs> to make a change, honestly, is the first thing to find your voice really um, to help you with the conflict resolution um, or having the conversation yeah, is I love that. big. Find your voice. Big stuff. Okay. So I rewrote these and I'm trying to make it to where we can make this beautiful little graphic to share with everybody our wisdom. Awesome. So step number one is, you know, your reaction. How am I feeling about this? What's going on with that? Number two is reflection. Number three. And then those are obviously like, the more preemptive before getting in discussion. And then it would become listening, sharing and delivery, and then find your voice, mm-hmm. which I feel like kind of summarizes yeah. what we talked about here, but not all. And then this is something that I know I've had to go back to and go back to. So, you know, most people probably don't like conflict, but not all conflicts are going to have the opportunity to even sit in a safe space and have a conversation, mm. which is a shame mm-hmm. because I feel like, that's how we can all sharpen each other and become better humans. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, this vague example, but I was, had a scenario in high school that I did not know why I was abandoned essentially by a friend group. And I never did until another person told me and who wasn't even part of it. Mm -hmm. And I just wished that, why didn't they sit me down and just tell me that? Or maybe they did and I didn't hear it the way, I don't know. And Mm -hmm. I just, I felt like as I got older, I was like, gosh, I will never leave. Even if I know I'm having an ending of a friendship conversation, I will never leave loose ends to say, like, to where that person will have this, but I don't know why. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been what I've held on to ever since I was 16 is 
if, you know, I do ever have those conversations, which are pretty rare, like I'm always going to have clarity there mm-hmm. of the why, but that's not something that always happens. Yeah. And, and then knowing the why was super hurtful. <laughs> so then it was almost like, well, do you want to be blissfully unaware of these things and just move on from that and just have a lot of hurt? Or do you want to have the information and you know, just really chew on it and mm-hmm. think like, oh, I can see, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just not true at all. And you were given a bogus reason. I mean, there's so many different yeah. aspects to that here, but I just feel like as humanity, we could do so much better at being in conflict in a respectful way mm-hmm. and a healthy way. Yeah. I love that. Respect and health. Because that's what makes us make all the world a better, better place. Yes. See, we are just waiting for our Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> so <laughs> again, we should mention we are not professionals True by any means. <laughs> this conversation comes about just from our own yes. life experience and our learnings, and it's just like us sitting here talking, having truly this is what it sounds like yeah. off air is we sit yes. and we have these discussions about these things we and do. today we're just sharing it with you yes and we did uh kelsey had this wonderful idea she's like what would it be like if we could bring an actual professional on? yes and so I, that i think that's a hope of ours yes. is to whether we further this conversation or other things i know just you know we i feel like we've just talked about mental health a lot lately and we just want to continue to carry the torch for that Mm -hmm. because of the good change that we've both had but yeah hopefully that's on the horizon too Mm -hmm. and so back to a couple of things that we've shared like we want to make sure if you have topic ideas email us please interact with us on social yes yes. Uh, we have something exciting that's coming soon that's probably all we'll say but we're excited about it so hopefully you are too (laughs) and uh, was there anything else that's What's coming up next? I can't think. We do have a topic that I am so excited about. We came up with it. It's been a couple months, but if you fall into our age demographic, this is for you. And it's going to be coming out probably here in the next few weeks. Yes. I'm very excited about that. Uh, Any other housekeeping information before we move to? I don't think so. But I I guess that was kind of like a hard stop on that conversation. But I hope you were able to just listen in a way that it you can maybe do something with it. Because I know that that's always been a struggle for me is like, sometimes you hear good information. You're like, oh, I should do that. And then it kind of Mm -hmm. stays there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, we think this is good information because we have had a good amount of healthy conflict in our lives. We just have. And we've grown from it. And it's a big part of it. it has made us who we are today. But just know that please don't demonize conflict mm-hmm. because it has such a power to just heal, mend bonds, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, And, you know, sometimes you're going to walk away feeling unresolved or even worse. Mm-hmm. I know you and I have had that conversation mm-hmm. of like, well, after that, I felt even worse than I did going into right. it. But then it's just like, then you can start your that your own self-work and decide, well, what am I going to do with mm-hmm. this? Yeah. So, yeah, I was yeah. just the beauty, beauty tash, beauty from ashes. Yes. Just came to mind. Like, Ooh, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, it doesn't end as you had hoped. The beauty that can come from that really is self-growth. Yeah. To learn from it 
and grow and work through it. Um, and then on the other side, you know, the hard that you go through, if it's a relationship, a friendship, whatever that conflict looks like, it could even be a self-conflict that you're working through. And it's so ugly and, you know, the ashes are there. The beauty can still come from that to grow mm-hmm. and look so amazing on the other side in mending that relationship or that friendship. And so, um, yeah. I love all of that. So anyway, all that to say, we are thinking of everyone out there yeah. and wherever you're at with any potential conflict, maybe you're in a season of you don't have any of that, or maybe you're in a season where you feel like you're drowning in it. Just we're thinking of you. And it's not easy, but it's so worth it if you are in a space to be able to have forward momentum. Because, yeah, sometimes it's just someone who you it's it's like done deal and you can't even have that resolution mm-hmm. conversation, which is a shame. But sometimes that's just what the other person needed or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. OK, well, let's move into our questions. All right. These are kind of themed today. But they're so tiny. I like a theme. (laughs) Because we moved into our Google Sheets, which is back to our whole efficiency thing, which was something we talked about a few weeks ago. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, They're all themed with our topic today. Okay. Sometimes isn't usually, actually, most of the time, it's not the case. But the first one is, what is your go-to for stress relief? Hmm. (laughs) You shouldn't be pausing for so long. I don't, I don't know if I have a necessary go-to. For me, I guess right now, it would be um, just like alone time, which Mm. is, I require more of it than I thought I did, I guess. Mm. But it's just like, once everybody's in bed, or like this morning when everybody's at school and Brayden's left for work and it's my day off to do whatever I need to do for the home, the family, and just that quiet is that is something that I need. Mm. Um, so like late at night, I might sit and uh, scroll through my phone or watch a TV show or whatever that is. But it's just like there's no extra coming in. Yeah. There's no... Hey, Kels, mom, you know, like that for me is, is big. And then probably a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I was thinking that mine is like laughter. So I will Mm. turn on one of my go-to favorite episodes of one of my favorite TV shows or a certain scene from a movie or like a YouTube clip that I have pinned on my phone because that always just like gives a little bit of a release to the the stress of whatever mm-hmm. it is. Because I've also, you know, I've laughed a lot through my life to get through stuff. And so I think that is my knee-jerk reaction is to just be able to put myself in a space of laughter, even if it's just for a moment. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of deflecting going there, too. So yeah. that's a slippery slope to be on. I love that, though. But, even uh, a smile, like something that makes you smile. Yeah is I think that's a proven fact. Yes. Yeah. The more you smile, relieve stress. Hey, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. How did you resolve conflict as a kiddo? I uh, just, I was always the peacemaker. I think I probably still am today. I'm working on that. But 
um, I always wanted, I never wanted anybody to be hurt. So I was always the peacemaker, I would say. Um, and then as I was an older kiddo, just quiet, like kind of same as Charlie is now, like, I'm so sorry, you know, not even that I did anything wrong, but if somebody was wrong mm-hmm. by someone else, I'm still going to them saying, I am so sorry yeah. this happened to you or what can I do to help, you know? Um, and then just kind of shutting down. So, mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mine, I was a biter. I, oh. I was a hardcore biter. It was bad. I, um, that was my defense mechanism. I was the youngest of four and I was just, and I have a really strong grip of my bite apparently. <laughs> and I have, I can't even tell you how many times I've bruised Margot oh from biting goodness. her. And she would, be able to like you could tell whose teeth were whose as oh far as my gosh. bite marks went so yeah i was a biter for a very long time actually the first time jacob met my dad i had bit him not because he made me mad i was just messing with him and he bruised and it looked like he had a hickey on his neck <laughs> the very first time he met my dad so that was kind of funny but then when i told dad i was like dad i actually bit him he fully believed it because he's like yeah you're a biter oh, I mean, you've always been a biter yes yeah, it's true I'm a biter. Funny. Not anymore, though. I don't bite anymore. Okay, good. Well, you have those pretty teeth now that yes, are straight. Yes, worked really hard at these. I don't want to mess them up. Okay, last one. Would you rather receive bad news or share bad news? Uh, oh, my. I don't know. That's hard. I'm sure I would rather share it than receive it. Yeah. <sighs> See, that's super hard for me because... I don't <laughs> sharing is like hard. Like to put myself in there to say it is super hard. Um, and I, cause I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. And then what's the aftermath of that? Like, what's that going to look like? And then receiving bad news is like, that never feels good either. No, you know, it's it like, just a, here we go. Like you're lesser of two evils type of yeah, scenario. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm 50-50 on that one. I don't feel like for me... That's fair enough. There's one that's easier than the other. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for today. We... uh, Yeah, we have some fun stuff. I almost said in the crock pot. Is that a saying? (laughs) (laughs) But it should be now. (laughs) What does that mean? Oh, my goodness. We have stuff that, folks... We have some fun stuff coming up in the crock pot. And we hope your January is going as well as ours. Yes, and, for sure. Um, <laughs> we hope you're cooking up some good things yes, for that dinner tonight. Definitely. And for our life. So, with that crock yes. pot, <laughs> we hope uh, to see you next week. And until yes. then, keep, keep it ridiculously, ridiculously imperfect. Thanks for listening to Ridiculously Imperfect. Become a member of our Ridiculously Imperfect lifestyle by visiting us on Patreon. Sign up and receive special member-only benefits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ridiculously Imperfect Podcast. If you love what you've heard, please give us a review and a five-star rating. Your reviews make our hearts smile. This podcast is produced by Emily Eaton and Kelsey Foster. Our sound engineer is the one and only Isaac Moreno with Kingdom Come Studios. Until next time, keep it ridiculously imperfect. imperfect.